You're listening to the Hogbeat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas on HitThatLine.com. Now, here's your host, Mason Choate. Welcome into the Hogbeat Hour. Arkansas is six and three, guys. I'm Mason Choate. He's Andrew Hutchinson, and he's Alex Trader. Um, let's just let's just go ahead and get into it because we got a packed episode today. We're talking Mississippi State. We're talking LSU. We're talking recruiting. We're talking basketball. Everything you want to know about Arkansas athletics. So we can't we can't waste time here at the beginning. So Arkansas beats Mississippi State 31 to 28. I learned my lesson. I put 23 to 21 in a story. I was focused on basketball, but it was 31 to 28. Um, Hutch, just like if Mississippi State doesn't miss three field goals, does Arkansas win that game? You know? No, they don't. Uh, that it's it really it honestly reminded me of the uh, 2006 Alabama game uh, with Lee Tiffin missing all those field goals and extra points for Alabama. Uh, that's kind of a blast from the past. Uh, but, yeah, that, I don't think Arkansas wins that game without the help from the kickers. Uh, they, they did use two different kickers, so it wasn't just one guy. But, yeah, it was – you got to feel for the kid. Uh, I would never – if I ever have a son, I would probably never let him be a kicker because it's just way too much stress. Uh, but, goodness gracious, Arkansas caught a break. You don't, you're not used to seeing that. Usually it's the other way around. But Arkansas caught a break and got a very big win to, to get to bowl eligibility. And one of, one of the biggest things towards that victory for Arkansas um, was on the offensive side of the ball there at the end of the game. You saw K.J. Jefferson look poised on that last drive. I think Sam Pittman used the word poised like 10 times in the press conference describing K.J. Jefferson. So, Alex Trader, I just want to ask you, like, I mean, K.J. Jefferson, he's really turned into a quarterback that's not just, like, athletically gifted, but he's someone that you can rely on to drive you down the field and win a game. Yeah, he's come a real long way since the first half of that Rice game. You know, you, you had calls for him to be benched on Twitter, anywhere you look, and then now um, you see that run everywhere. The run to close out the game, you know, as you're watching it, you're just thinking, no, 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 no. And he, then he slips through, and then it's, yes, yes, yes. I can't believe that just happened. It's just th- those type of plays are what sets apart, you know, kind of game manager quarterbacks and guys who are actually going to be able to elevate their team and help them grow into what Arkansas has really become, which is a, you know, a a pretty solid team in the SEC, a team that's going to be able to contend, maybe not for a championship, but for that middle of the pack, that top three in the SEC West. Um, It's been really impressive to see it. And you you also saw a lot of times earlier in the year, he'd kind of just throw a ball and it, it would end up intercepted at least once or twice a game where there was no business with that ball, that pass being thrown. Um, and you really didn't see much of that at all uh, this week or the last couple of weeks. And then also on that last drive, the game winning touchdown from Dominique Johnson, and then they punch it in for the two point conversion with Dominique Johnson. And it kind of left you thinking like, where was that play against Ole Miss? But they they did it against Mississippi State. It worked. And Hutch, Dominique Johnson gets the start, goes for 107 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, is he – I don't think he's going to be like the workhorse guy, but he's got to be the clear number one now. Yeah, they finally have him listed as the number one running back on the, on the depth chart. Uh, he got 17 carries. I think that's – I think he had previously only had as many as six. So uh, <laughs> quite the increase, almost tripled. Uh, his previous high. Uh, and then, uh, you know, this is something Sam Pittman has been saying has to happen. We have to get Dominic Johnson more carries. We have to get him more carries and never happen, never happen. And I know some people were in the, I'll believe it when I see it category. And you saw it this past weekend, they, they went to him uh, quite a bit and, and he did not disappoint. He averaged, I think it was like what, six yards of carry, something like that. It was not quite as good as he was going into the game, which was the number one SEC running back in yards per carry, but uh, he still was was pretty pretty good. And, and uh, to get 107 yards on still 17 carries isn't a whole lot. You know, you see some running backs across the country getting 20, 25, 30, 35 carries in a game, and uh, we're not going to see that because you do have Rocket Sanders, you do have Traylon Smith still. Uh, I'm not sure what AJ Green's role is going to be this these last three games outside of maybe returning kicks or whatever. But uh, you you've got enough to where you don't have to just solely rely on him. But I think he's going to be your guy getting the carries when it matters most. Um, <clears throat> I want to stick on the offensive side of the ball before we go over to defense. I mean Traylon Burks, 
it's just every game, you know, you get the ball to him and great things happen. And it's almost like, does it feel to you guys like maybe Traylon Burke should touch the ball even more than he already is? Because he does, like, even if he's covered, he does great things. I mean, Hutch, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Sam Pittman said it the week going into the Mississippi State game that we've got to get him the ball more. And that, that he was leading the SEC in receiving yards. So it's kind of crazy to think, but I do agree with him. you you got to get him the ball. Uh, you can't just only throw it to him on deep, even though that that works. You know, 50-50 balls are probably more like 80-20, uh, whatever Traylon Burks is involved, especially when K.J. Jefferson throwing the ball. Uh, but get it to him in space on short passes, screens, uh, having him carry it out of the backfield. You know, we saw him line up as, as a Wildcat quarterback at one point and gains a nice chunk of yards on that play. He threw a pass against Mississippi State, uh, didn't complete it. It was there. Had he completed it, it would have been a touchdown, and that would have been even more incredible. Uh, but, yeah, he – he is just an incredible, incredible talent. And I finally bit the bullet this week and say, you know what? I'm going to say it. He's the best wide receiver in Arkansas history. Uh, I don't, don't, don't feel bad about saying it either. I, I really believe it. And uh, we really need to enjoy these last three regular season games and hopefully a bowl game uh, with him because I think we're going to be watching him on Sundays next year. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that you're super far off by saying that, so don't feel bad for saying that Traylon Burks is the best wide receiver in Arkansas history. But speaking of pass catchers, Trey Knox, especially on that last drive. I mean, Alex, you've been a believer in Trey Knox for a while. Um, I kind of I kind of quit believing in him, but it's like, okay, well, here's the Trey Knox that we saw freshman year, like a guy that's a great, great pass catcher. Um, do you think here in the, the later half of the season, do you think that Trey Knox is going to continue to see more more play time? Because we've heard Sam Pittman say it, but it seems like K.J. Jefferson and him, um, they kind of have a connection going as well. Absolutely. You saw him in media this week, and, and Trey was saying that he was feeling more comfortable with the position. He was finally kind of clicking into what his role needs to be on the offense. He said he likes doing the blocking stuff, and, and from my view, he's done a pretty good job of handling the, the blocking duties of the tight end. Um, but I, I think it's one thing to do it against UAPB in the second half when you're up by 40 points, and it's another to be the guy that's getting the ball on the, on the game or the go-ahead drive at that point. It's it's really been remarkable kind of how, how far he fell at the start of the season and then what he's been able to do since then. I think it's really impressive. And I think he is going to play that major role going down the stretch of Arkansas, what wants to go ahead and, you know, maybe close out with two or three against this tough end of the season slate. Now going into that Mississippi state game, one of the biggest things for Arkansas was pass coverage on the defense side of defensive side of the ball. They had struggled the previous two sec games. They made it a focus in practice over the bye week um, and I would say that they looked improved. Like, Miles Slusher looked good. Um, the secondary looked okay, aside from, I guess, that last drive that Mississippi State had. But, Hutch, just I want to ask you, like, these young guys seem to have stepped up um, when they needed to. And it was – I mean, like, we, we heard it a lot on Saturday, but it was the bend-don't-break mentality, and it worked. Yeah, I think uh, at one point, Jaden Johnson, the, the true freshman, uh, making his second start at nickel, got burned on a play. That was really – other than that, they didn't really hit too many deep passes on Arkansas. And I think that that's probably what you wanted against the Mississippi State. You didn't want to give up the big, deep balls like we saw that, that really hurt them against Ole Miss, hurt them in some other games. I think Auburn hit some with Bo Nix. You didn't want to give up those big plays. You wanted to make them earn everything they got, and, and they did. They, they rallied to the ball. They tackled pretty well on, on you know, those short passes. Uh, so I think the defense did enough. You know, they held them to 28 points, and, yeah, they did miss the the three field goals. That probably helped. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, Grant Morgan came down with his second career interception. That was a cool moment. Um, you know, he was – that was a big play to, to keep them off the board because they were already in field goal range. Who knows if they would have made it. Uh, but who knows, they may have scored a touchdown on that drive. That was huge. Uh, so I think the defense did enough, just barely, but enough to, to come away with a win. I want to ask you guys about the pass rush because it seemed like Will Rogers had so much time back there every single time he dropped back. Um, and it was just like you're begging Arkansas to blitz. And the, the three-man rush, they did get to Will Rogers three times on the day, I believe, um, which was one of my bold predictions. Not Don't want to brag or anything. But it, it happened. 
Um, but it did not feel like those were like legit sacks. It was just like he took forever and he went down. And um, so I guess just Hutch is does, does Arkansas need to blitz a little bit more? Do they need to send a little bit more pressure? Or do they are they just going to rely on their pass coverage? You know. I think in this past game against Mississippi State, not blitzing was not a bad thing because that's what they're going to feast on there. If you're going to blitz, you're going to leave open a hole and they're going to find it and they're going to get a five-yard pass. And so you don't want to give that up. I, so I, I, I like that. Now, I think they should blitz a little bit more against like an LSU, you know, especially if they're going to have that true freshman quarterback in there. We'll talk about that later. But you know, I think they should. I think they should have, you know, maybe blitzed some more in some other games. You know, uh, Matt Corral at Ole Miss kind of struggled whenever Arkansas did blitz. They didn't do it much, but he did kind of that, – that's where he struggled some. Uh, so maybe we see a little bit more coming down the stretch. You know, maybe we see it some more to get definitely against Alabama because it seemed to have a lot, of, a lot of success for LSU this past weekend, but who knows. Uh, so, yeah, I – I wasn't too upset about it against Mississippi State, but I, I'm anxious to see if they do dial up some more blitzes as we go down these last three games. I mentioned his name earlier, but Miles Slusher kind of filling in the position of Jalen Cattle on its safety. Um, Alex, I want to ask you, like, what do you think of Slusher so far? Um, he, he's talked about, you know, Catalan's kind of been in his ear telling him, you know, do this, do that, you know, encouraging him, trying to help him out. Have you seen Slusher improve since he's kind of been thrown into that um, starting safety role that Catalan was in? Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, having that that veteran mindset, having a guy who's probably going to be in the NFL draft this year, um, give you those pointers is always a plus if you're a young guy coming in. But I think you saw him get burnt early against UAPB. You've seen him kind of get, get hit a, a little bit, get t- picked on a little bit throughout the season. And, and um, like Hutch was saying, I think, you know, 417 yards against an air raid offense, that's going to happen. That's just how the air raid works passing. Um, I, I think this will be a far more kind of true to size test of, of what this Razorbacks secondary has been able to become over the past couple of weeks. So some people were saying that the Mississippi State game was a must win game. Well, Arkansas won it. They're six and three. They're favored against LSU this weekend. And then they got Alabama and Missouri going on but you're bowl eligible now and that's a big thing and you beat a team that you were supposed to beat on your home turf so later on in the episode we're going to talk about the lsu game we're going to talk about some basketball but coming up next we're going to talk some recruiting we got alex the recruiting expert he's been talking to all those guys he's going to tell you all you need to know about that here on the hogbeat hour you're listening to the Hog Beat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas and HitThatLine.com. All right, back here on the Hog Beat Hour, I'm your host, Mason Choate, alongside Andrew Hutchinson and Alex Trader, the recruiting expert over at HogBeat.com. Um, so Arkansas got a, a commitment from Braylon Russell running back out of Hot Springs Lakeside on Saturday evening. Alex, just fill us in. You did a film breakdown. I watched that first play. I mean, knocked a dude's helmet off. This is this is a talented guy for just a sophomore in high school. He really is. And I about knocked my microphone off my desk when I saw that. I, I threw my hands up. I, I did not know. I mean, I was not expecting that. Usually I'll screen the first couple plays to make sure it's going to be a high-quality highlight tape, able to get everything going. This one I didn't check out before. I just kind of went with it. Um, caught me off guard. But that's really what – if you watch the, the film – that's what he likes to do. He likes to go right at people. There was a wide open touchdown on one of the plays and he cuts it back and runs into someone just to deliver a boom. Um, maybe not necessarily quite as practical at the next level, but in high school, if you can do it and you're, you're just a sophomore, uh, you might as well go out there and kind of put that on film and let coaches see that. Um, I think what's really impressive is he's got the speed. He's able to run people over. He, if there's not a hole, he's he kind of would make a hole. Um, but he's also going out there. He's catching passes out of the backfield. He's hitting a couple blocks. He's he's he had one pass where he went out deep and was able to come down with it. So just a real a really really special talent at running back. Six two two twenty five as a sophomore. Um, huge. Just true. Like right now, SEC running back size. So I'm really really interested to see what what, what Russell can become in the next couple of years. Yeah, you mentioned that size, and a lot of people, when he committed, were, were talking like this guy would be a great linebacker at Arkansas. Um, so I, I'm curious to see 
what happens with that because, of course, they're recruiting him as a running back. But, Hutch, you had the opportunity to talk to him. Um, what did you hear from him? Uh, his, his visit, he visited against uh, for the Mississippi State game. So did he talk about that? Um, just fill us in on that. Yeah, I mean, he, he was there. He actually committed, I believe he said about an hour before the game, uh, then announced it afterward. I think it was actually one of his teammates who kind of broke the, broke the news because uh, I think Braylon's phone died or something like that during the game. And so one of, one of his teammates actually tweeted it out. It wasn't until Sunday that, that Braylon actually posted about it. So uh, kind of a funny story there. And, uh, you know, I asked him about that, you know, possibly playing another position, uh, he said that he plays defensive line in high school. Uh, he also does a little bit of special teams. But uh, I asked him if he was maybe going to do that in college or if they were just recruiting him as a running back. He said just just running back. So uh, sounds like right now the plan is for him to play running back. Uh, but who knows how that changes. I mean, if he develops and puts on, you know, if he comes into at Arkansas and he's, you know, 6'3", 240 or something like that or 250 depending on how much he develops and grows uh i don't know i mean maybe maybe he's just a bigger dominique johnson uh or maybe he converts to linebacker or defensive end or something like that that's gonna be really interesting to watch you just never know he's 2024 he's a sophomore i mean i who knows what he's gonna look like in a couple of years whenever he actually signs with arkansas but a solid pickup for arkansas for sure I think he's one of only nine players in the 2024 class for anywhere that have committed uh, to a school so far, according to the rivals database. So getting really early, uh, an early start for the class. I, I believe I've got 20 classes now where I know who the first player was to commit. This is the earliest the players committed over that 20 year span. So pretty, pretty incredible and, and, a, and a solid pickup for Arkansas at a very early, early stage. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and so Arkansas stays hot recruiting in state. I mean, Isaiah Satania commits last week. Then you get Braylon Russell this week. Um, there's some good visit or some good visitors um, coming in. Uh, Alex, just tell us about what's going on with recruiting and uh, some of the players that are going to be visiting Arkansas. Yeah, I, I think Sam Pittman had mentioned a couple weeks ago that he he. Um, it was great having everyone coming in and this was a huge recruiting weekend for the team, but also uh, that, that Missouri game in December, he really honed in on that or um, later on, he really honed in on that one and wanted to make sure like, Hey, this is what really, when we need to get people in here, we need to make sure that people are seeing uh, how this team finishes out. But what we did see this weekend was uh, Hutch was able to talk to DJ Lagway. I got to talk to a six, seven, 345 pound offensive tackle who, um, you know, interestingly enough, didn't have his sophomore season. So his only offer is Texas, but he, he just picked up a four-star rating for the class of 2023. I don't expect that uh, single offer to last too, too long. Um, been talking to the Arkansas staff more. That'll be really interesting to follow, as well as uh, another four-star in the class of 2024, King Joseph Edwards. Um, our national guy, Ryan Wright, was able to talk to him. I was also able to reach out to him last night. Uh, and, and get some more information a little bit more, you know, specific to what this visit was, where Arkansas sits with him. So make sure you check that out on Hogbeat a little bit uh, later today, hopefully, or maybe early tomorrow. Um, but but tons of great stuff coming out of this this weekend. There was a bunch of guys from Bentonville West there. A lot of the in-state guys who, who had an ability to make it this weekend were in town. Yeah, and then, of course, this week was National Signing Day. Um, a lot of big commitments, not just in football, um, but, you know, you saw it all across Arkansas athletics, basketball signings, softball signings. I mean, softball has the number one recruiting class in the country, guys. And then cross country, volleyball, like there's there's a lot of great things going on campus, um, going on on campus at the University of Arkansas. Now, for you radio people, um, if you want to hear us talk about Arkansas basketball, that's what we're about to do. But you're going to have to go to Hogbeat YouTube or hogbeat.com and check that out. That's a little bonus content thing um, if you go check it out there. Um, but for you radio people, that's going to wrap up this segment. And now we're going to talk basketball, guys. So Arkansas defeats Mercer in the season opener. And, I mean, in Arkansas fashion this year at least, they were down by double digits in the first half. So, I mean, we've kind of seen that with Eric Musselman teams. It, ta it takes time for them to uh, – to little to kind of groove together. Of course, you bring in all these new players, all these new transfers and freshmen, and 
They, 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 it takes time. But the most important thing is, is that Arkansas got the win, Hutch, and that's that's just what you want to see. You, if they're going to go down double digits, you want to see them come back and get the victory at the end of the day because we know by the end of the season, they'll be working well together. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's incredible, really, when you think about it. Last year, that was kind of the team's calling card, was falling down by double digits and coming back and winning. And it's what they did in all three of their NCAA tournament wins. And now here we are, the 2021-22 season, and they fell down by 10 in the first half. They trailed by eight at the at halftime and then came back and, and won by 13. So uh, kind of what you've come to expect from an Eric Musselman coach team. Uh, but you're right. Getting a win is the most important thing because there are going to be growing pains. They're still trying to figure things out. Eric Musselman is trying to figure things out, the, the rotation, who's going to start. I mean, he started one starting lineup against Mercer. And he's already said he's going to make at least one, if not multiple changes to the starting lineup for the game against Gardner-Webb on Saturday. So it's it's still a work in progress, to say the least. And uh, I do think they're going to figure it out because they have a ton of talent on this team. It's just a matter of figuring out where the pieces fit. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a surprise, um, at least for me, that K.K. Robinson was thrown into that starting lineup. Um, but I, I want to ask you, Hutch, I don't know if it was you, but I saw someone tweet it. Um, is J.D. Note this year's Mason Jones? Um, what do you think about that? Because, I mean, he scores 30. It seems like – I mean, we kind of saw this at times last year. He was the go-to scorer for Arkansas when they needed points. But I think that's even more this year, would you say? Yeah, that was my tweet. And, yes, I, I could see that happening – you probably don't want it to happen because you want some of the other guys, you know, like we didn't see Stanley Amude score very much. And he was a guy that averaged 20 plus last year at South Dakota. He's not going to average 20 plus at Arkansas, but you'd like to think he could give you, you know, 10, 12, 13 points uh, every night. And we just didn't see it against, uh, against Mercer. Uh, he, he missed some shots. He couldn't quite finish at the rim a couple of times. Uh, you'd like to see, uh, a more scoring punch out of Devo Davis, who didn't even take a shot. Uh, I think that was probably the most surprising thing from that game, in my opinion, uh, and struggled on the offensive side with five turnovers. So uh, Jalen Williams will probably become a better scorer as the season goes on. I think he only had four points. So other guys are going to score, so you're not going to have to rely on J.D. Note. But J.D. Note is a guy that can go get a bucket at any given time. He's never seen a shot he didn't like. Uh, which I think sometimes drives Eric Musselman crazy. Uh, he's talked about him working on the logo shots and things like that. But uh, I do think he's capable of being that, you know, big time scorer who, you know, there's a chance I could see legitimately him winning SEC player of the year, like Mason Jones did. Uh, but again, you, you don't want him scoring 30 points or taking 24, 26 shots, however many it was every night. Cause that's probably not a winning recipe, but if you could kind of hone it in and, and make him more efficient, and maybe he gets he gets you at eighteen or twenty every night. Then uh, that that's that could do that could bode well for Arkansas. And then another impact player during that game was Audis Tony. I mean, he he puts up a double double, eighteen points, eleven rebounds. Um, I mean, this is a guy that he flies into flies into the rebound to get the rebound, and it's just like he's everywhere on the glass. And he's only like 6'6", I believe. So, Alex, I mean, do you think that Tony can kind of fill in that role? Um, maybe maybe at – I don't know if they would throw him at the five spot, but the role of Justin Smith last year, you know, not not that big of a guy, but he's going to be your go-to guy on the boards. I certainly do think it's important to have a guy, whether it's him or not. Um, uh, you know, in the era of small ball, you're, gonna, you're not always going to want to have a Connor Vanover out there going out and just being tall and being able to get rebounds. If you can have that athleticism of, you know, maybe a forward sized guy who's able to go and out rebound people, that's huge. And, you know, we saw the other night, I think he has the, the potential to do that. It's a matter of, you know, continuing as the season goes on, figuring out where he fits the best on this team. And kind of like Hutch said, honing in that starting lineup, getting your five guys that you want to send out there and being confident in that and being able to go out and continue to not not just come back and win the game uh, by double digits, but but start the game strong and keep rolling through that. I, we saw in the first half that one of the biggest issues for Arkansas 
um, was that the the three point defense was just so soft. I mean, Mercer was just throwing up wide open threes left and right, and they were a good three point shooting team, so they were going in. So, Hutch, I want to ask you, like, what does Arkansas have to do? Are they just going to have to practice with weights on every practice? Or, I mean, what do they got to do to tighten up this defense? I mean, we know Eric Musselman is going to get things under control, but that seems to be a glaring issue throughout the first two exhibitions in the first game of the season. Yeah, I mean, the the three-point defense against North Texas in the exhibition was was really, really good because North Texas is a really good three-point shooting team, and they, they really did a good job. But against the D2 team before that and then against Mercer, it, was, it wasn't. And Eric Musselman mentioned it on, on, I guess it was Wednesday with his press conference, that they've just been up and down, up and down. Like, you know, they fix one thing and another issue pops up. You know, they, they fix a three-point shooting uh, defense against North Texas and then rebounding. They just can't rebound worth a darn. Uh, then they fixed the rebounding issue against Mercer. And, oh, lo and behold, looky there, they could shoot threes again. So, it's just a matter of getting everything figured out. Uh, Eric Musselman pointed to like the three transfers that played a lot. Uh, Chris likes uh, Stanley Amude and uh, Adiz Tony, those guys have to learn the principles of that three point defense. And, and they're still learning that. And I think once they get a firm grasp on it, then it's going to, it's going to help out Arkansas's defense and, and it's going to be just fine. Uh, Cause uh, the, the guys that have been here, you know, Devo Davis, uh, J.D. Note, Jalen Williams, those guys played really good defense. I mean, just excellent defense. J.D. Note had seven steals. It was incredible. Uh, those guys did well. It's just a matter of those new guys that play a lot coming on and, and, and learning the system. Now, before we wrap up this basketball segment, Hutch, I kind of want to ask you about Jalen Williams. Um, he's a guy who can be really good for Arkansas. It just seems like he can't stay healthy. And then you saw against Mercer, at least in the first half, I mean, he was diving for balls, fell down, hurt hurt his back a little bit. We know he had some back spasms as well. Um, I mean, does that worry you? The injury issues. I mean, does he play a little too, um, a little too loose? Where you know he's allowing himself to get hurt more often. Is what does he have to do to kind of you know keep himself on the court? Yeah, I mean, you do have to worry about the injuries, considering it's it, they, several have popped up, and you know he missed the he missed the second exhibition game because of back spasms, like you mentioned, and he did take a hard fall. Uh, but he's a tough guy. Uh, I, I want him to keep playing the way he plays because that's what makes him so so special. I mean, he, he scored four points, yeah, but he had a huge impact on that game. He had five assists. He was the top assist guy on the team, despite not really handling the ball. Uh, he, he did a really good job finding cutters. He rebounded well. I think he had eight rebounds. Uh, and that was with him still not being back in full, you know, full shape. I mean, they, Eric Musman talked about it. He's got to get back into really good shape really fast because they need him on the court. Uh, he's 6'10". He's the best, you know, best big man. We didn't see Connor Vanover. Don't expect to see him a ton. Uh, but yeah, he is a vital piece on this team and he's just, just has to stay healthy. It, a part of that's just a matter of luck because you don't want him changing the way he plays the game for sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, you saw that one pass where he threw it all the way down the court. And uh, I think he tweeted at Arkansas football. He's been watching some Traylon Burks and KJ Jefferson film on that one. So, um, yeah, I agree with what you say. You don't want him to change it because that's, that's his identity as a player. That's what makes him so good. Um, but that's going to wrap it up for Hoops Action um, coming up next, Hutch is going to talk to Julie Bodwin of TigerDetails.com, um, learn everything you, know, everything you need to know about LSU, and then we're going to talk about LSU right after that to wrap up the show here on the Hogbeat Hour. You're listening to the Hogbeat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas and HitThatLine.com. Welcome back to another edition of Know the Foe. I'm Andrew Hutchinson, the managing editor of hogbeat.com, your Arkansas site in the Rivals Network. After a big win over Mississippi State, the Hogs are ranked once again, checking in at number 25 in the latest CFP rankings. And now they hit the road for another big game in Baton Rouge against the LSU Tigers. With that, it's time once again to go behind enemy lines for some insider perspective on that upcoming game. Uh, Julie Boudouin uh, covers the Tigers for TigerDetails.com, the LSU site in the Rivals Network. So uh, she was kind enough to give us some time today. Uh, Julie, appreciate it. How are you? 
I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Andrew. I'm uh, excited to see what this game in Baton Rouge is going to look like. It's it's been a it's been a while since um, Arkansas has gotten it done in Baton Rouge, but I think they have a legitimate chance this year. Yeah, I think so too. But before we dive into that game, I want to get kind of a, a big picture uh, question for you. Um, what what the heck is going on down in Baton Rouge right now? I know just two years ago they were having one of the best seasons ever, and now here we are. Ed Orgeron's on his way out. Um, what what is going on from your perspective there on the ground? Man, what's not going on really? Um, I think if I could pinpoint it, then I'd be in a in a much better, uh, a much higher paying <laughs> job position. I don't know if I can put my finger on it. Honestly, I don't know if LSU and, and Ed Ogeron and Scott Woodward, I don't know if they can put their finger on it. There's, you know, um, from, you know, roster turnover to injuries. Last year, we saw a lot of opt-outs, you know, the five and five season last year. Um, it kind of felt like that could have been COVID related. Um, but now we're seeing that it's not necessarily COVID related. You know, um, there was a lot of turnover after that 2019 year. A lot of guys went on to the league. Um, they had a lot of staff take a uh, changeover. So, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of things. I don't think you can put your finger on, on one thing. Um, and it's kind of become the result of what you're, what you're seeing, you know, Ed Ogeron is going to wrap up this, this coaching career at LSU in the next three games. And then he's on his way out in Baton Rouge and, and there's going to be a new coach uh, down here in a couple of weeks. We don't know who that's going to be just yet. Um, but I don't think you can put your finger on it. I think, I think it's a lot of things. And um, it's certainly not what anybody expected to start this season because there's so much talent in Baton Rouge. Um, but yeah, injuries, man, injuries have really, really hurt the team this year. Yeah, that's going to lead me right in my next question. It seems like that's been a huge story this, uh, this year. I think something like 13 starters or something like that. What's the latest on the, the Tigers injury situation? Are there, anybody coming back or any more players out for this week? Yeah, I was, before we started recording this, I was telling you kind of this worked out because it is Wednesday night when we're, when we're filming this. So um, Ed Ogeron just wrapped up his weekly radio show and he just revealed that another starter is lost for the season and uh, Chasen Hines, who is an offensive lineman, he's lost for the season. And then Ed Ingram, who starting this year was considered to probably be the um their best offensive lineman he's gonna definitely be out for arkansas we'll we'll see what happens the rest of the way um but yeah th about 13 players it sounds about right uh players who've started a handful of games this year um mason smith who was the number one player for rivals last year um he's got a, a right leg injury he missed the alabama game in fact he didn't even travel with the team last week to alabama he's gonna miss this game there is some some potential that he could come back um, for the Texas A&M game, which is the last game of the year for LSU, but we'll have to see. He might be the only one that jumps out that um, that might be able to make it back this year. But yeah, injuries, 13 starters, that, that's a lot. It's hard to overcome. Yeah, and I know uh, earlier this week, too, Coach O kind of made some headlines when he revealed, at least to me, a surprising uh, development with the quarterback situation that, that Max Johnson is still the starter, but Sounds like true freshman Garrett Nussmeyer is also going to be getting significant reps this week. Uh, did that surprise you at all? And, and how do you see that kind of playing out? You know, I don't know if I was surprised by it. Um, Max Johnson, I mean, on, he struggled in, in, in the game against Alabama. You know, he held on to the ball a little too long. Um, and, and Ed admitted that. And, um, I mean, obviously, everybody, everybody kind of struggles against Alabama because they've been so successful over the years. Um, and he is only a sophomore. Um, and so he does still have the room for the growth um, and, and things that he does have to get better at. Um, but kind of kind of like you said, you were surprised, you know, he's up at the top in most of the statistics, especially in the SEC. You know, he's not he's not necessarily losing games for them. Um, but I think uh, Nussmeyer, he, he brings a different kind of juice to the team. He's much more mobile than Max. Um, he brings a spark. Um, and I think that we're going to see that against Arkansas. You know, they're, they're splitting reps this week in practice, 50-50. Whoever's, I mean, basically, Ed Ogeron basically said, whoever is the, the, you know, goes out there in the game on Saturday, whoever's playing the best is, is who's going to stay out there on the field the longest. So um, at this point, 
you really don't have anything to lose, right? Like give the youngster a shot. Um, they've seen sparks, so why not give them a shot? And sticking on that offensive side of the ball, you know, you mentioned injuries earlier. One of those guys was Kayshawn Butte, the, the star wide receiver, put up huge numbers. Uh, he's out now. I'm curious, who, who else on that side of the ball or people Arkansas should be aware of uh, on that side of the ball? And what are their strengths? What do they do well? Who should Arkansas fans be watching as far as receivers go for LSU? Just offensive playmakers, whether it be receivers, running backs, tight ends. Yeah. Who, who should they be keeping an eye on? Look, obviously you can't replace a star receiver like Keishon Boutte. I mean, when, when it is time for him to go to the league, he is going to be a first-round draft pick. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that that is going to be what happens for him. But the only positive side of this is LSU is stacked in the wide receiver department. Now, I'm saying that, but those receivers are all freshmen. They don't really have that, um, you know, the playing experience, they haven't really had um, as much playing time with the quarterbacks because they're freshmen, but Jack Besh jumps out. He's um, a hybrid. He plays a little little receiver, a little tight end. Um, Malik Neighbors, another freshman out of Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, he can go up and get the ball. We've seen flashes from him. We've seen uh, another freshman right outside of Baton Rouge from Walker, Brian Thomas Jr. Um, and then as far as running backs go, Ty Davis Price, um, He's kind of really come on the last couple of weeks. He had a 100-yard rushing game um, last week against Alabama, which is kind of hard to do. So, um, you know, they really, really want to get that running game going. It'll be very interesting to see now with these latest two offensive linemen out, how that may or may not change the game plan. Um, but I would, I would say those are a couple of names that I'd be on the lookout for. Now, flipping over to the defensive side, how was LSU able to contain Alabama so well last week? And is that something sustainable that they could, they could use this week against Arkansas and the rest of the season? You know, it's interesting because um, that's certainly not what any of us expected. You know, they came out, they, I mean, they really use that bye week for what it's for. They, I mean, they changed some things around defensively. They put in, I want to say Ogeron said they put in like eight different, defensive um, schemes, plays, however, however you want to word it, um, and then they blitzed. They blitzed more in that Alabama game than they have blitzed the rest of the season combined. Um, Durante Jones, who's a, the first-year defensive coordinator, um, it doesn't seem like he's a, a, a blitzing kind of guy. You know, we haven't seen much blitzing. It's been something that the fans, especially on our message board, has, has talked a lot about is, where's the blitzes um but against Alabama that changed and they came after um they came after Bryce Young and it showed obviously the score showed um LSU came up just short um honestly if you go back and you really watch that game they they left some things out on the field they they probably should have won that game um is it sustainable I don't know only because of the injuries you know their entire secondary it's just depleted. What we saw out there was second and third string guys. Um, and I don't know if it's sustainable um, for the last three games of the season, quite honestly. I, once, once you show your hand, you know, the, the other teams will start to figure it out. So because it was something new and something that they hadn't done, maybe that caught Alabama off guard um, of sorts. So we'll see this week. I, I'm really, I'm really unsure of um, how this defense is going to look this week and the, I'm sure they'll stick to some of the blitzing, but I don't think we'll see it as much as what we saw against Alabama. And something I always like to ask the, the people who cover these teams is if, if you're an offensive coordinator, how would you personally attack LSU's defense? And are there like certain areas that you would try to exploit weaknesses, things like that? Um, well, with this, with the number of injuries, I mean, if you would have asked me this to start the season, I would have been really unsure um, how to answer it. You know, I probably would have said linebackers to start the season, but the linebacker play has really improved. It's probably the most improved play on the de defense as a whole. Um, and Damone Clark, who is an absolute stud, is leading the nation in tackles. Um, now with the injuries, I'd probably say the secondary, which is weird because it's LSU, it's DBU. Um, but I mean, 
you know, it's second string, it's third stringers, it's guys that haven't gotten many reps. And um, if one of those guys go down with an injury, then you're really, you're really scrambling to try to figure that out. So I'd probably say the secondary um, and the D line has had some injuries, but when I, when I look at it now, it's still the, the, the strongest part of their defense. And, and we've talked about that Alabama game quite a bit now. And I think it surprised a lot of people. And I, to me, at least, I feel like there's a couple of ways you can look at last week's game. I'm wondering for your perspective, do you think that that was maybe evidence that, that LSU's maybe turned a little bit of a corner and they're going to really go down swinging for Coach O? Or is it almost like that was their Super Bowl and a uh, emotional letdown is almost imminent? I hope it's not the second option. Um, because I mean, they haven't, they haven't qualified for a bowl game. And I, I don't know. I mean, I have to go back and look. I mean, it's been, it's been a while since LSU hasn't qualified for, for a bowl game. It's been a long time, over 20 years, I think that they've had a losing season. Um, so yeah, there's still a lot to play for. Um, I, I don't think the players want Ed to go out on a losing streak. They've lost two in a row now. Um, they lost four of the last five. Um, and like I said earlier, the talent level, I mean, obviously the injuries, yes, but they still have talent across the board. Um, and they just have to find a way to put it together, stick together. Um, you know, they, the mentality last week against Alabama seemed different. Could it have been because it was LSU Alabama and there's always, you know, uh, you know, there's always a little bit more juice in those type of games, probably, but I don't think they want to go out, um, on a losing streak. And I do think that it would mean a lot to them to qualify for a bowl game. And the last thing I got for you, uh, this week, Arkansas actually opened as a, I think a two and a half point favorite, uh, this weekend. It's the first time they've been favored in death Valley since 2001, based on my research. Uh, did, did that line surprise you at all? I mean, and how do you think this game plays out this weekend? You know, with this season, nothing surprises me, honestly. Um, <laughs> I figured it would be close. Um, I, I, I wasn't surprised, honestly. Um, I don't really know. Like, I'm really intrigued to see. This is one of those games that I, it could go either way. Honestly, I think it depends on which LSU team shows up. If the team we saw last week shows up, then I think LSU might take it. But, um, you know, we've seen letdowns from them previously this season, and, and they play games where you think they're they should have it and and they don't or then they play Florida and they just run all over them um and obviously Florida is not as good as what they were thought you know to be but I think this would could go either way I think Arkansas has a really good shot in this one um and and I think we'll just have to wait and see I, it'll depend on which LSU team shows up honestly that's kind of what I've been feeling and, and even said that on the radio today so uh, but again, that, that's all I got for you today, Julie. You know, thanks again for, for giving us some insight on the Tigers. I know all of our subscribers and, and people watching this are really appreciative of that. As a reminder to everyone, kickoff this weekend is scheduled for 6.30, and you can watch it on the SEC Network. And if you're watching this on YouTube right now, be sure to hit that subscribe button. That way you always get these know the foe segments, the press conferences, practice clips, recruiting breakdowns, and much, much more. And of course... Head on over to hogbeat.com for coverage of all things hogs. You're listening to the Hogbeat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com. Back here on the Hogbeat Hour, last segment, we're going to talk about LSU, um, preview it ourselves. But before we get started, I want to give Andrew Hutchinson a chance to tell you about everything going on at hogbeat.com. He's the managing editor, so he's the boss. He knows what's going on. And uh, Hodge, tell them what's going on. Yeah, what's not going on over at Hogby right now? It's a busy, busy time. We've got football coverage. We've got recruiting coverage with the uh, early signing period coming up here in about a month. Uh, uh, busy times on the 2022 class, 2023, 2024 as well. Alex is all over that. Then we've got uh, basketball coverage right now. Basketball season is underway. We talked about that earlier uh, with the first win. Uh, there, there's some big games coming up here later this month, you know, big, big event up in Kansas city. So, uh, lots and lots of stuff going on and we've got 
it covered from every angle imaginable. Tons of content between the three of us. We've got Jackson Collier also contributing with basketball stuff. So uh, lots and lots of stuff to keep you busy. If you want to ever kill some time while you're at work and make it look like you're being productive, head over to hogbeat.com and read the stuff. Check out the message board. Subscribe so you can get access to that. It's always a, a entertaining place. So lots of stuff to keep you busy over at hogbeat.com. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the message board. I learn a lot on the message board, to be honest with you. I mean, sometimes that's where I find out stats that I throw into a story. So there's definitely a lot of things um, to do over at hogbeat.com. Um, so, guys, Arkansas is ranked 25th in the college football playoff. I mean, does that really matter? Sam Pittman said that he's afraid that it might, you know, um, get in the guys' heads kind of like it did earlier in the year. Um, Hutch, I mean, 25 is 25, but – I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta beat you gotta beat LSU. Yeah, I don't think Sam's necessarily concerned that it's gonna affect the team because he he feels like you know, hey, it, they've been ranked before and they've uh, fell out and now they've climbed back in. And I think they're more than anything they're excited about it because it's good for recruiting. You can tell these kids like, hey, you know, this is what happened. You you can't really rely on these kids, and they they don't remember the Bobby Petrino era when Arkansas was winning 10, 11 games in a season. You know, that was that was a decade ago. These kids are, you know, say they're 16. They were six years old when that was going on. So uh, it's crazy to think about like that. Uh, but they they just remember the 2-10 and 10 seasons with Chad Morris. They remember the end of the Brett Bielema era. They don't remember Arkansas being a good team. And so to, to have that number by your name, I think, carries some weight on the recruiting trail and gets you in some houses that you probably would, weren't going to be able to get in uh, if you were a bottom feeder in the SEC like they were a couple of years ago. Yeah, speaking of those 2-10 and 10 seasons, I mean, just a couple years ago, Arkansas was working on a 2-10 and 10 season when they played LSU in Death Valley, and then you look here this year, Arkansas is 6-3, LSU is 4-5, and five, and Arkansas is favored um, going into Baton Rouge. So a lot a lot has changed since then. That was K.J. Jefferson's first collegiate start against one of the greatest college football teams of all time. Um, so it's it's just crazy to think about the difference in these two programs and where they are now compared to where they were last time this game was played in Death Valley. So Arkansas, two-and-a-half-point favorite. Hutch, you've kind of talked about it a lot this week. Um, and, Alex, you can comment as well. I mean, you've been surprised at Arkansas's favorite, Hutch. I am. I'm very surprised. You know, it's at Death Valley. Arkansas hadn't favored down there since 2001, I believe, based on my research. Uh, that's a long time. That's that's 20 years ago. So uh, it it's very unusual. Uh, you know, Arkansas is the better team, you, you know. I mean, I, I feel like that's the case. But, you know, LSU is just coming off of a really close loss against Alabama where they could have, should have won. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, two and a half points at LSU, that, that's very surprising, especially when you factor in the home field advantage. usually gives you two and a half, three points. So Vegas sees Arkansas as at least five points better than LSU. And that's what, what a time to be alive, right? No one would have guessed that whenever Sam Pittman got hired, that that would, that would be the case. Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, looking at it, I'm not quite as surprised just simply because I really don't see it with LSU. I, I might have been a year early with my take last year that they were done. Um, didn't have a great year last year, but this year it really kind of fell apart. And part of that is injuries. But I also think part of it is this is just two teams going in opposite directions at this point. Arkansas, we mentioned in 2019, was about as low as you can get. And LSU was riding in, in the top of college football history. Um, and this season, it's really just not been similar to that at all. They have a coach that's on the way out. Arkansas has a coach that's rising up, doing a great job recruiting um, and really just bringing football back into the forefront right now um, in Fayetteville. You know, you've got a great basketball team, yet still midway through November, you're talking about, hey, can the football team go out and, and win a game on the road against the rival? I think that's there's something really important about that. But also, um, I do think, you know, Arkansas is, like Hutch said, just that much better. You know, factor in those three points. I think you could still probably favor Arkansas by five, and there is the aspect of the rivalry. But um, I, I do think this is 
as good a chance as you're going to get at LSU to, to be able to go out there and kind of show, hey, well, this isn't one-sided. We're going to come in and we're going to beat you on the road every now and then as well. The confusing thing is that, you know, you talk about LSU being on the downfall, but they only lose by six points to Alabama last week, held them to six rushing yards. Um, now, we know that Alabama is not the, your same old Alabama this year. I mean, they're still a really good football team. Um, but something feels a little bit different about them. But still, LSU only loses by six of them in Tuscaloosa. Um, so Ed Orgeron talked about how they threw they threw new blitzes. They they did some new things on defense against Alabama. Um, Hutch, you kind of talked with Julie uh, about how is that is this going to work against Arkansas too? Because they kind of you know Arkansas can go back and watch the film. Um, so is this kind of like a a, a one-hit wonder against Alabama where it's like, I think, I believe she said that it's, it was kind of their Super Bowl. Um, you know, it, it, they lost the Super Bowl to Alabama, um, but are they going to come out against Arkansas and, you know, do the same thing? Yeah, I mean, it, she was telling us about how it doesn't look like they have mailed it in. So I think there's there's an aspect there where they're going to still come out and try now. Are they going to get be as fired up to play Arkansas as they were Alabama? Probably not. Uh, but as far as you know, their defensive game plan, you know, Ed Orgeron talked about it uh, earlier this week in that, you know, hey, we put in a bunch of stuff that Alabama had never seen. And so we were able to kind of catch them off guard. Well, now that all that stuff on, is on film, and Arkansas just happens to have one of the best offensive line coaches in the country as their head coach in Sam Pittman. Uh, so he feels like they're going to be able to figure it out, and it won't be quite as effective, so they might have to dial it back some. Uh, I do expect them to still blitz. Uh, quite a bit, you know, even though you know, they, they didn't really blitz much the first however many games, eight games of the season until game number nine. Uh, but we're going to see it some. But if they do it too much, you better watch out because uh, KJ Jefferson is prone to find Traylon Burks, and that does not go well for opposing defenses. Yeah, I was about to ask you about KJ Jefferson and just the the difference between now and the last time he played against LSU in Death Valley. Now, of course, it was his first collegiate start against that amazing LSU team. But this is a quarterback who's come a long way since then. And since then, and Ed Orgeron talked about that. Um, Hutch, I mean, K.J. Jefferson's the better quarterback in this game. Um, we know LSU is going to run two, two QBs, but just kind of talk about the, the, the road that he's come on um, – and where he's at now compared to where he was last time he played in that stadium? Well, the last time he played in that stadium, uh, I guess technically his coach wasn't at the time Chad Morris because he had been fired, but he had been coached by Chad Morris. And that, that's, that's really all you need to know. Uh, that now he's being coached by Sam Pittman, Kendall Bryles, guys that, that really know what they're doing. And plus he's got insane talent. I never questioned the talent of KJ Jefferson. I even said it early on whenever he was a true freshman in fall camp. I said, this guy has talent. You can tell he has the raw ability, but he was just that. He was raw, and he was not polished at all. He struggled throwing the ball, and he still has some accuracy issues from time to time, uh, but he is so much better than two years ago. He's so much better than even last year whenever he kind of surprised some people, including myself with that really, really good start against Missouri. So he's just, he's, he's arguably, he's, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC, in my opinion. I mean, there's Matt Corral, you know, Stetson Bennett has been having a pretty good season at Georgia, you know, Tennessee's got a good quarterback. So I feel like KJ Jefferson's right up there in the mix. He's going to be preseason all SEC next year. I firmly believe. And uh, he's got, he's got that clutch gene. We talked about it with the end of the Mississippi state game, but he did it against Ole Miss. He did it against Missouri last year. So uh, you got to feel really good if you're Arkansas about your quarterback situation, especially with him still being pretty young and, and room to grow. So Arkansas does feel good about their quarterback situation, um, but LSU does not. Um, Max Johnson, if you look on paper, he's towards the top of the SEC in statistical categories like passing yards and passing touchdowns. But they're going to try to get Garrett Nussmeyer some uh, – some playtime, a guy that, I mean, Ed Orgeron kind of talked about it. They didn't want to burn his red shirt without like the family's blessing or whatever, but um, they're going to burn it and they're going to go kind of, I guess, I don't know if it's a true 50-50 split, but he said they're going to go with a hot hand. So 
Um, what is going on with that QB situation, Alex? And do you think that Nussmeyer has a real shot at, I mean, kind of giving Arkansas troubles? Yeah, I think anytime you bring in a new quarterback that, that hasn't really had his shine in college football, you're in for a little bit of trouble just because it's either going to be really great or it's going to be really, really bad for a, an opposing defense. I think, you know, you hear the cliche, if you have two quarterbacks and you don't have one, I think that's oftentimes true, but you also do have guys in college more so than the NFL where, Hey, if they're going to come in and they're younger, maybe they just haven't gotten their chance to develop yet. Um, I know Julie mentioned, he's a little bit more mobile, um, going to probably be able to, to kind of scramble around, but Arkansas has done fairly okay with, with mobile quarterbacks thus far. Matt Corral was able to get loose a little bit. Um, and Casey Thompson got loose at the end of that Texas game, even though that's kind of a garbage time yardage stat. Um, I, I do think that the defense is going to be ready. I think they've been continuing to get better every week since that Ole Miss uh, kind of really, really poor showing. Um, and I think, you know, if the secondary is able to hold up their end of the bargain, I don't think that the mobility or the kind of um, ability to get the ball to the receivers is going to be quite there just because there is so many, so many injuries on that LSU offense. Yeah. You talk about those injuries and I want to ask Hutch about that. I mean, last year, Arkansas was the one a little bit down in players with all, all the, the COVID stuff going on. Um, they decided to play the game, but Arkansas was down players. And now, you look this year, LSU, I think, what, 13 players who have started football games are out um, for the Tigers. So how how big is that for them? And, you know, I'm sure that gives Arkansas an advantage as well. Yeah, it's really incredible how many guys that have been hurt for them, and not just any guys, but key guys. I mean, Kayshawn Boutte, their top receiver, was putting up just insane numbers for the first however many games of the season is out. You know, Derek Stingley's out a bunch of their just top players, guys that are going to probably be high draft picks. So uh, it definitely hurts LSU, but you can't feel too bad for them because they do have a ton of talent on that team. I mean, even with all those guys out, I was doing my side-by-side -side breakdown of the, the starting lineups and it was still four-star, 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 five-star, four-star, four-star. I mean, just it, it's, it's incredible how much talent they have on that team. And really, kind of goes to show why Ed Orgeron's on his way out because there's no reason this team should be four and five and have lost the games that they've lost. So it helps Arkansas because those guys that are out were definitely the better players and incredible talents, uh, but they do still have talent. And so it's, it's just going to be a matter of how they get, you know, one coached up, you know, especially with, you know, a couple offensive linemen, you know, this week finding out that they're going to be out that start against Alabama uh, that could be a, a key thing because that's a little bit harder to fill in, in my opinion. Uh, but other spots, I think they're they're going to be okay. Well, guys, let's get into our predictions and thoughts for the game. After I mean, we we broke it down pretty well, but now I want to know what you guys think. What's going to happen? Players that are going to stand out? Maybe some bold predictions. Um, Hutch, we'll go ahead and start with you. Um, you know the most. So go ahead and tell us what you think is going to happen. I'm sure you might have a few bold predictions in there as well. Yeah, my, I, I could see this going one of two ways. I could see, I, I could see LSU winning a really tight, you know, contested game because they're still, you know, riding high, trying to win one for Coach O. Uh, but I could also see this game going completely the other direction and Arkansas winning this game rather handedly. Uh, I, I, kind of lean toward that way like I mean here's a bold prediction I could see Arkansas winning this game by 21 I mean I, I really could uh just because I think there's going to be a, a big emotional letdown from the Alabama game uh I could see Traylon Burks having a massive game I, I we saw him last year against Missouri go off for 200 yards receiving we could see something like that 200 total yards you know when you factor in what he does running the box it seems like they're going to do that some uh, and it sounds like their secondary is a little bit of a, a weak point for, for LSU. So that would be kind of my bold prediction is just that Arkansas wins handedly with Traylon Burks having just a, a monster game for Arkansas. Yeah, I think, I think that's a, an interesting thought that Arkansas might win by 21. Um, for me, I think, I think Arkansas is going to win the game. Um, I don't have, I'm trying to think of how much I think they're going to win by, but I'm going to save that. Um, but I, I think for my bold prediction, I guess, 
Uh, everybody's focusing on the fact that LSU held Alabama to six rushing yards. Well, I think I think that Arkansas, Dominique Johnson is going to have another 100-yard game, and I think the Hawks run for 250-plus on LSU this weekend. Um, I, I really think that they're going to establish that run game, and then if they get out to that comfortable lead that, you know, Hutch, you think they might, um, I think they're just going to pound the rock. And so um, I guess I guess that's my bold prediction. So, Alex, let's go to you. What do you think is going to happen this weekend? Yeah, I said it a little bit earlier. I think Arkansas is just a better team. I'm right with Hutch. Um, I'm going to be careful picking a 21-point win because I did that against Auburn, and it kind of backfired a little bit. But uh, I, I genuinely I, – I think Auburn was kind of trending hot there at that point. I think LSU is doing the exact opposite. They're, they're not playing well uh, as of late outside of that one game they had the full bye week to prepare like like you mentioned with julie they blitzed more times in that game than they have all season combined there's a reason for that coach o wanted one last hurrah that hurrah was going to come against alabama not against arkansas um and i think you know a team that's looking for bowl eligibility the biggest thing i'm nervous about here for the razorbacks is the uncertainty because what we've seen from LSU this year is not good. It, it has not been a great football team, but you've got the mentality of hungry dog runs faster. Arkansas just clinched their bowl game. LSU needs to win either this one or A&M as well as Louisiana Monroe. You kind of might want to pick your spots there. I know Arkansas beat A&M, but A&M right now 11, number 11 in the country. Um, and you've also got the two quarterback system that could cause a little bit of uncertainty. I am going to roll closer to what Hutch has. I, I think it will be a right around that 20 point margin, definitely double digits, um, but it could also be really close. So uh, I, I don't see a way that LSU really runs away with this one and, and, and kind of just gets that crowd rocking right away. I think KJ is going to have a big day just because, you know, those two corners, Eli Ricks, who stud was, was, you know, are rumored in the transfer portal, Ohio state, Texas, all around the country last year, as well as Derek Stingley, who had that great freshman year, both of them missing. It, it makes it really hard when you have a guy like Traylon Burks opposite uh, to, to slow that down. So I, I do think Arkansas is going to roll in this one. Well, they'll get a chance at LSU at six 30 this Saturday on the sec network. It's a night game in death Valley. That's always scary, but uh, make sure you check it out. Thank you for listening to the Hogbeat Hour. He's been Andrew Hutchinson. He's been Alex Trader, and I've been Mason Choate. We will talk to you next week.